0: Welcome to another my 2 Life podcast, guys. This is Mike Sleater, and today we have a, an amazing guest. This is a longtime friend of mine, Ryan Morris. Um, he's had one hell of a career in racing from ranging from 2002 to 2012 as a pro, riding for teams like Pro Circuit, Yamaha, Troy, um, Red Bull, KTM. Um, he's, re- he's really done it all. He uh, is now the... Race team coordinator for Red Bull KTM, as well as test rider, um, works with the production team as well. Um, he, he is a very, very intelligent man with a lot of knowledge, and it, it's a good one, guys. This is the longest podcast I've done. We do go through his whole career, step year by year, and he's so well spoken. I can't, I can't say enough about how how polished Ryan is as a human. Very technical. He's extremely OCD. And it, it, you'll sit back and, and, and just just unfathomably how how he can overcome these high, these lows and highs and highs and lows and be better each time he comes back until the the that nasty crash with Trey Kennard. So Ryan's gonna walk you through that. But before we do that, I'd like to thank the sponsor of this podcast. uh, uh we're switching it up a little bit. Um this podcast now is presented by Ride Stasic. The folks at Ride Stasic have uh change the game in learning to ride a motorcycle that all new 12e 16e um and that harley davidson irony um they uh ride sooner ride stasic man uh get over there check out what they're doing at stasic.com it's it's uh the, my boys ride it if you're looking at your kid riding i suggest you you ride one of those bikes it's it's a no-brainer uh maxima racing wheels what can i say best lubricant oil in the business my favorite product from them believe it or not is suspension clean the smell it's not as abrasive as a contact cleaner for certain things I use it daily when I'm working in the garage cleaning the bench cleaning plastics and then now coming right up next that's that matte cleaner uh, the matte cleaner spray matte cleaner um, for that carbon fiber from a mountain bike even for some plastic stuff I don't want that sc1 grease I mean I, you got to love sc1 but that that uh Mac cleaner is great and of course i'm a caster 927 guy in my two strokes so thank you for maxima for always backing this and of course intense cycles um i'm very proud ambassador of intense cycles i ride the sniper xc for for my hard hard days and uh i ride the uh carbine for those days that i want to go fast down some some uh some chunky hills and and, and catch some air so Get 10% off at IntenseCycles.com using Sleeter underscore ten. Support those um, that support you, and um, they support me. So if you listen to this podcast, you probably know about mountain bikes and moto, and that new Taser MX is great. E-bike, uh, Taser E, is absolutely amazing. So check out Intense, once again, Sleeter underscore ten. And uh, last but not least, Maxxis Tires. They've been a partner of mine for a few years now. And it's the most underrated tire in the market used by uh, Jerry McGrath, Axel Hodges. If you're wondering how Axel Hodges can do those unreal stoppies and control that front tire, it's why he's it's using Maxxis. Um, from my truck to my moto to my bicycle to my BMX bike, Maxis is the tires I use even in my truck. Um, check out MaxxisTires.com. The new Razor AT is an amazing truck tire. So... Check it out, guys! This podcast is great. Have a good—it's a good listen. Two hours long of uh, the story of Ryan Morris. There's no commercial breaks. I'm getting all up front, so you can uh, just have a good listen through this on your drive back and forth from work. Have a good one, guys! It's a good listen. Cheers. All right, everyone, this is Mike Sleater with the My Two Will Life podcast. We're here with a longtime friend of mine and a guy that's always to kick my ass racing, uh, Ryan Morris. Uh, how's it going, Ryan? It's been
1: a minute. Yeah, not bad, man. Just uh, beginning in January, so that time. Uh, some late nights at the shop and just uh, getting everything ready for the 21 season.
0: It's been, uh, how many years have you... Um, had that January feeling, dude. It's been a long time. I was digging, digging in the archives. Uh, 2002, right?
1: Uh, n- Well, no, 2002 would have been my first year. And yeah. Then, so my last year racing was 2012.
0: But the, since 2002, January has been a heavy year for you.
1: A heavy month, sorry. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, always, I mean, I think a little more relaxing as far as stress on the rider side. And then on the side, I am am now, but then um, just uh, expectation level obviously is a little bit different.
0: <laughs> well, that's something that you bring up is expectation. And um, growing up as an amateur, you were very successful young, and I kind of didn't really start ramping up racing seriously until I was like 16 and learned quite a bit about you. You know, you're from Turlock, correct? Turlock, California? Yep up in NorCal, had the wide wheels and the, the lifted F-250. Yeah, yeah, well, I would
1: say more, I would say more Central Valley yeah. than North. But, uh, yeah, lots of, uh, just dairies and farmland.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I, I was lucky enough when, when you me and Logan, Darian, our good friend, our mutual friend, we got to go up and see your place and, yeah, it is dairy farmland, man. But, uh, if you don't mind kind of touch how many touch a little bit on your amateur racing career not, not you know not to go too in depth but you were quite successful um heading into the pros correct
1: yeah i mean i had some good obviously my amateur career didn't really until my i would say my later years on an 80 i wasn't really dominant or or that much of a competition and then once um like my last year in the Last couple of years in the 80 class, I was uh, pretty dominant and won Loretta's and, and went pretty good. And then once I got on big bikes, it kind of kind of carried over and um, had a couple of years that were kind of up and down um, just with injury and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I had a, a decent amateur career. I mean, obviously, there's kids out there with a lot better ones. But um, the the thing that I can honestly say is I had fun doing it. Um, my parents were pretty, I would say pretty chill. Like obviously when you're there and everything's serious, but like during, during local racing or whatever, if I didn't want to race, they would let me stay home. Um, obviously I wasn't allowed to like be a typical teenager going out and doing other things, but as far as like racing side, they were, um, pretty relaxed on me. It didn't really, um, yell at me at the races or put too much uh, pressure on me on the day of. So yeah,
0: it's yeah, yeah, interesting you say that. Um, my first, you know, I would read cycle news and, you know, see from in Central NorCal races, Hangtown, E Street, whatnot. Yeah. And then I think I remember World Mini one year. I just seen this insane, like, mini semi with your bikes. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this guy <laughs> is so badass. And that attention to detail that you still carry over, like, in your late 30s, where did where did that whole setup come from? I mean, literally, you had – and I think it was it Chase Chase Reed. Who was with Who was the other kid with you? Or, or was there? Yeah.
1: yeah, So Minio's uh, one year Chase did ride with us, and it was kind of a um, a no fear deal. That's like okay. when the no fear gear first came out, and the me and Chase were both Yamaha riders and so we were both no fear riders so for that thing um we kind of did like i guess a team effort kind of looking thing so we always had the same gear they had the same helmets painted malcolm and cassie kind of lined a lot of that stuff up okay um so yeah that's kind of i mean the like i said we were pretty i felt like we were pretty relaxed when that kind of stuff came like i don't think you see that very often with amateur people nowadays where Even if you're in the same class, competitors helping each other get to the races. I mean, we did that one with Chase for for Vegas. Um, I remember Lanovich went with us to to uh, mini Olympics all the way in Florida. He came up to my house. Like it was just, it was fun. um, It was fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and that's what you said, like about your parents. Like I remember your mom coming down, driving you um, when you got your yeah. Me and
1: my mom definitely spent a lot of time together because my dad was always pretty busy running the farm side. So if I was coming to SoCal. Or even some of the amateur races, me and my mom would drive out, and my dad would fly in, or my brother, and and that kind of stuff. So yeah,
0: but I I can honestly say, like, um, you know, you, there's parents you remember that were a little bit wild, you know, um, and your parents, yeah. like, I didn't, no one really knew them because they're so mellow, and you kind of let your actions speak for themselves, right? I think that was the, your your everything was always so tidy, like to this day, like everything was so clean and tidy. Your bikes, your look, it was <laughs> yeah. always. I
1: would say. I would say that habit of of being super tidy, OCD ish, came from came from my brother. I mean, my brother was always that way and always stayed on me when I was little about making things clean and being organized. And he used to hate it when our garage was a mess. And so I think that just kind of kind of that's where my habit of my habit of that kind of style carried over from my brother.
0: I've (laughs) always been envious, man. When we out testing and you're like just so dialed and I'm a little bit more squirrely that's for sure and your brother I remember my first um, recollection of your brother you know I knew of him racing but we raced in uh it was Oak Hill I believe yeah and we were in the 250b class and I was I could have probably done pretty well I could won a title and there was a rhythm section before uh like in the middle of the track parallel to the finish line like you know you go triple triple if you're kind of gnarly and I was doing it, doing it, and then I fully endoed, like, just, like, just <laughs> weeded, and then, so I was pretty banged up, and then in our heat race, or moto one, or whatever, I remember your brother, they had the tabletops next to the, next to the wall before he went right, you yeah. know, and he kind of yeah. looks over and just pinches me up against the wall, and added insult to injury, and, like, hey, <laughs> shit again, but I'm like, this motherfucker, like, you know, where's uh, his no, brother? I mean,
1: he was fast, dude. I mean, he was yeah, he was a good rider. Unfortunately he uh dealt with crashing a lot, which <laughs> he was pretty known for. And um he yeah, he just just decided to kinda hang it up after he um uh broke his navicular bone, I think, for the third time and it ended up dying and this was a long time ago. So I mean bone graft and that kind of stuff wasn't really as popular as it is now yeah and so it was just kind of like it was time like yeah for him so So it was a true i mean it was cool it's a true it was a true
0: family outing for you and your parents right your brother you you know your mom and dad going to the races doing what you love to do right
1: yeah exactly and and when i was younger like 60s and first 80s like my brother was actually real like he was the better one he um I remember one year we went to Lake Whitney. He actually won four titles there. Wow. And he but he was really good just <laughs> had a hard time keeping her on two wheels.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, my younger brother same thing. We know that Cole is a bit of a squirrel and um it's it's weird how that works, right? He had speed, but it's just something I think you're either kind of born with it or not, right? Like kind of keeping it together and you've always been so calculated, but uh yeah, so your amateur career, you your A class, how did your A class year go? Like going into your pro year, how'd that final like outing going B and A? Like kind of wrap um, that wrap, like wrap that up as like.
1: Yeah, what, I would say it. It started out a little rough. My first A race, because I mean, I I don't know. I did like I said, we did things a little bit different. So I had actually just come off uh, breaking my pelvis and dislocating my hip. And so I was off the bike for six months, I think, six, seven months. And I literally had, like, a month to prepare for uh, Mini O's in Florida. So I oh. went to Mini for my first A race and my first race back from being hurt. Jeez. And I think I cartwheeled every moto but one. So it was a rough – like, I had the speed. I just didn't have the fitness and and the, I guess <laughs> – the race craft that I needed to do it at that point. So, um, it was a big learning experience for me, went home and put my head down and went to work and, um, the rest of the year was pretty good. Um, Loretta's, I ended up going away with two seconds at Loretta's from the A-class and pro sport. Um, And who, and who was
0: beating you at that time?
1: So in, I think it was in the pro Sport, Stu beat me.
0: Okay, yeah, I've, that guy actually did okay. Of and pro, then, I think.
1: yeah, <laughs> and then in the or maybe it was a I can't remember which way it was. And then the other class shorty beat me. We actually were me, him, and Chase Reed were tied going into the last moto. I went uh, three one, shorty went one three, and then Chase went two two. So we were tied going into the last moto. It's and pretty rad, man. I yeah, I ended up getting the whole shot pulled like. I had a decent lead. I think it was like 10, 12 seconds, and I got a flat. Oh, Pat so Loretta, which was very rare. Yeah, so I ended up getting second. That moto, Shorty won and won the title. So I came home with two seconds.
0: And Shorty was—he didn't go. He he hadn't gone to pro circuit yet, right? He was still team green. No,
1: so he yeah. Well, he rode some pro circuit races that year. That's right. Because so, I was some getting, of the West Coast rounds.
0: I was getting confused because I had forgot he'd gone back. So Shorty and I were usually racing like the same. We were. I was a year yeah, above so you. So he
1: did some of the West Coast rounds that year oh, for so, me,
0: and then he actually came back as a true pro sport racer. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's a lot of experience and 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 confidence to go back to A like you, you or pro sport. You're pretty damn like. And there was at that time we had a 125 pro sport, 250 pro sport, 125 A, and 250 A. Yeah. Right. The
1: classes were a lot different then.
0: Yeah. So, in in my opinion, like it was pretty. Me and Tim Carter got into it when I was working with Orange Brigade and the, all the classes were kind of still the same and I'm like everyone's dodging everyone this isn't truly the best guys racing the best guys cuz you you know you'd have a fast couple fast A guys a couple fast pro sport guys but now it's yeah. a, I would I would say it's a lot cleaner from a OEM perspective when you're when you're scouting guys to see w- Would you agree?
1: No, for sure I agree. The only thing that's a little like I guess I mean I've been out of the amateur side for so long that um I'm kinda of learning it a little bit right now, but um just like the say like the limited class or whatever, dude, like the stock class when we raced was straight up stock class. Like you put bars and grips and sprocket and that was it. And then before Russia was now a little it's bit. like so now it's so dip, like you run seat covers, graphics, you can yeah. do so much stuff and then but but that's not allowed, so it's like really confusing to me on that side.
0: Absolutely. We we did have we couldn't run seat covers, we couldn't run just before our time, I think a couple of years, they still had to run stock bars, I believe. You know, so
1: well you had to run whatever size of bar that the triple clamp came standard with.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that that was crazy, right? So we'd always typically, you know, we'd save a brand new bike for Loretta's because like. Yes. For the stock class. I remember I'd save. I'd- yeah.
1: I would always like one thing that was, I mean, I guess my dad was pretty smart about it. Whenever we got all of our bikes from Yamaha, I would ride all of them and then I would pick the f- two fastest stock ones and then put those away.
0: That's pretty smart. Yep. Yep. Your dad's on it. I would, I typically <laughs> had like, you know, NCY helped me out and we had one bike that I'd race at like the amateur races in the stock class. And then I had my mod bike would be like my, pra- my practice bike per se. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, man, that that's pretty exciting, and then, you know, you leave a, your amateur ranks behind and kind of, you know, had a lot of pressure, I would assume, doing what your next step was, which was going to the McGrath Racing Program when he was Bud Light, correct?
1: Yeah, so, that was, I mean, even then, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know if it's because I was young, so young at the time, but I didn't really look at it like i guess looking back on it now like realizing the team that i was on and the people and stuff like it was a lot of like the atmosphere and stuff but then I, when i was in it it was still just same like i was just riding dirt bikes i was happy you know
0: yeah we had we had, um, we had the same engine builder tom morgan building our motors um
1: yeah so tom was doing my engines Ross doing suspension little d i was ran their fmf stuff forever and um it kind of started out like I came down and stayed down here and rode some supercross, and it was just kind of like, oh, let's see how you do, let's see, you know, what kind of progress you make, and if if maybe if you're ready, we'll go for it. And that's kind of like how the whole thing started, and I was like, okay. Um, so I came down here, moved in with uh, Big B, who was truck driver, um, stayed with him, and then I think it was maybe probably December was when we kind of decided, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like I feel like my speed's good enough. Like we'll go for it, and so then that's kind of when everything started happening.
0: <laughs> I remember uh, we rode a lot at the Elsinore Supercross track that Peter's built, and that was a pretty rad track at the time. Um, yeah, it was for like in what was that 2002, right? So it was pretty. pretty we were all 125s, and I remember mm-hmm. uh, Metzger was trying to make a return to racing, dude, and we're all yep, we're yep. all sitting down at the in the, like the hole, right? Because they, they took a bunch of dirt, so when yeah. we park. We were down in a hole. And I remember all of us sitting down there, like all those privateer guys. And you know, you you were pretty like to yourself, and you got a really tight program. So us squirrels mm-hmm. in our trucks were watching, and Metzger and all his knuckleheads were like, "Go go after Morris, like this kid that's just like dialed." Like it looked a lot, you know, like you're making a million bucks a year. So he hops on the track and tries to run you down, and you laid the wood to him. And he was he you would have thought he was going for a fifty thousand dollar purse, and. You know, you were what, seventeen at the time? You know, like eighteen. Ah, uh,
1: I would have been eighteen, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just—it was just funny, like the difference in, in you know, you're trying to get going, and this guy's picking on a kid, right? Like he—he was probably twenty-six, trying to make a return, and I just—I <laughs> just remember these little moments, right? And I was like, man, and the whoops were nasty there, hard pack, but the track had a lot to offer because it was like double the width,
1: kind of similar to Castillo. No, for sure.
0: Kind of similar to Castilla Ranch early days, where it's like double the width and like almost double the size. So
1: yeah, and I remember at one point even because um, the whoops, where I remember the track kind of, I remember the whoops were in the middle of the track, and it actually had like a split lane where if you went one side, the whoops were smaller, and if you went to the other side, they were bigger, which was pretty cool for like confidence wise, like absolutely having two different sets.
0: I think me and Logan um, probably broke like 15 levers trying to learn how to go through whoops. And then Mike, 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 Mike Craig comes up to us. And he's like, Man, you just seem to shift to like fifth. We're like, What? I think we were in seriously second gear, like trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like, and then <laughs> trying to understand like up a gear or two gears and, and figure it out. So there's a lot of t- that, the whole air, time, man. It's just so much learning. And we we were kind of being thrown to the wolves, right? I feel like that's when tracks were starting to get more scaled, like understanding, like, for sure. Like, the earlier guys had it tougher, like they'd show up to a race and things they never saw. But like right around o2 mm-hmm. I think they started getting scaled with 353s, like on offs, yeah. um, and and we were kind of like on the front side of getting safer tracks in Supercross and Supercross yeah. and more. But they
1: built some serious whoops then,
0: dude. I'm glad you said that because I remember just like it was like going through Volkswagen bugs, right and. They were big. They weren't. They were bigger than they are now. That's for sure. And 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 yeah. they, you couldn't roll them in practice. You could not roll nope. them. You could not jump through them until probably main event. You know when they got like the dirt fell in the. And middle. if you were
1: jumping, you were doubling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You weren't like wheel tapping four. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you you go talk a little bit about going into A one and and you know what transpired in O two.
1: Yeah. So uh, went went to Anaheim one that year for my rookie year and um practice went good i set some i remember doing some decent time um i rode in the i guess you would call it private care practice or whatever yep. um and that was still so you had friday practice with no whoops and then they had the was that was the day qualifier on saturday morning yep saturday morning i think yeah so you did the day qualifier um i got second behind Stu in the day qualifier and then went to the night program and did not get a good start and made it i think a whole two straightaways and there was it was an on off and then the triple and i remember i would go on off and second and then i would have to shift the third at the base of the triple to get it and i hit a false neutral on the first lap and i didn't crash i just faced it really bad And, um, ended up breaking my wrist really bad where it almost compounded. And then I lacerated my spleen and ruptured my appendix. So, um, that was, that was my rookie year. That was the one and only race I did.
0: Yeah, I was, I, it took me two years before I got to race, uh, West Coast, like the the opening round, I crashed at the prequel at Glen Helen. And then I remember like the second year I was, uh, i don't know what happened it was something similar um maybe i got to race the first one but i remember i was actually in the hospital when you crashed and i was like oh my god because i was watching on like the jim holly like like yeah thing and i was like oh my god you know and we started our friends group started kind of like merging right and and i, yeah. I was very aware and as i was super bummed for you man so 2002 you had that unfortunate and what what you were the whole yeah. year out, right? Pretty much the whole year. Yeah,
1: so I ended up um, the I ended up having I think like four surgeries on my arm to get it. Oh my god! To where I could, I guess, make it where I could ride again. Um, so the first ho- where I was at the hospital, there the doctor that did the surgery on it didn't put it straight and had some issues with it, and so. Um, MC actually referred me to Dr. Murphy
0: Down in San in Diego. San Diego. Yep.
1: So once I got out of the hospital from having my spleen repaired, my appendix taken out, all that stuff, being in ICU, uh, once I got out of there, um, I actually remember I got out Saturday morning of San Diego Supercross and went straight to the race and went and watched a little bit and hung out, but then I wasn't feeling very good. And Hard then to uh, went, to, went to Murphy had my wrist redone by him and then I went back home to my parents and um was up there for a little while came down for a checkup well then I ended up having like some bone bone spurs and some other stuff going on with it so I went in for another surgery where they shaved all the stuff down and then actually had like low radiation treatment to kind of reduce it and then um When I did finally get released to start riding, the first day of riding, I kind of OJ'd a jump a little bit. And when I landed, I felt something pop in my hand. And uh, the plate, with how it was broken, kind of in the joint and stuff, the plate had to be so far forward um, that when I landed, the plate hit the bone in my hands. And I ended up breaking my hand. So then I went back and then had the plates and everything taken out of my arm. And, yeah, so it it was a long Process (laughs) Process
0: <laughs> and and throughout that time, um, like what there isn't that weird you, at that age. Like there's no, I mean, I don't know if you feel, but like there's no like option of quitting, right? Like there's none. Like you're not thinking of that. No, nah, I mean,
1: right? it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, yeah, sure it's,
0: it's just get better, right? I I remember yeah. the same thing. Um with i broke my tip fib and it wasn't like that complicated but i mean it was it's was just three or four months Like right? no, nope, there's not even a question so good what so you did 2002 is a write-off what go into your 2003 program what what was that like
1: um so actually like surprisingly i had a couple a couple well i mean i had a couple teams talk to me and um as far as what I wanted to do and stuff and MC's program was changing so much that that option was basically gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up signing with Motorold Suzuki for right. 2003. Yep. That's right. Um, I think I was on the bike for, I don't know, six weeks or so. And, um, last minute ended up getting invited to Bursi supercross. <clears throat> so when I was like, yeah, I've never been to Europe, I'll go yeah. over there and do a race. for sure. like, Yeah. Yeah. Let's go do this. And, um, night one, me and Matt Walker hit going into the tunnel and ended up breaking my thumb. So I was Jesus. done from there, flew home, had my thumb pinned, and then I was off the bike for, I think it wasn't too bad. I think it was like six weeks. Yep. And then that only put me, I mean, I didn't have that much time to get ready for West Coast cause that's what I was signed up for. So, um, just kind of did what I could to get ready for Anaheim um and did so so struggled through the night i made the main but i kind of struggled i think i ended up like i don't know maybe 13th or something um and then the next couple rounds kind of the same thing just kind of kept uh kept struggling and then i ended up uh dislocating my shoulder and so i actually missed a couple rounds and then that's when if you weren't top 10 in points you could ride the opposite coast for uh no points. Yeah, that's right. So um I started riding some of the East Coast stuff. And uh so I think that first one I did maybe was Daytona. And I think I got like fifteenth or something, maybe.
0: Yep, yep. How gnarly was Daytona then, your first year, right? It was pretty overwhelming in my my, for me.
1: Yeah, I was like, we're sure. gonna grade those, rats, I was so, right? <laughs> I was so I mean, looking back, my I mean my fitness and my whole program was for sure, terrible. balls I did was right. Like that's all I knew.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I can't remember what round it was. I ended up colliding with someone else and going down and broke my collarbone. Jeez. But I'd like had basically shattered it. Fuck. So that was that was the rest of my my 2003 year right there. So
0: flew oh, home back to back. Had or... my collarbone.
1: Yeah, had my collarbone plated and had all that stuff done. Weighted the proper amount. Started riding. The first week that I started riding, I went out, and I was getting ready for outdoors. And I went to Central.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah, that place and... is just gnarly. Right behind Tuscany yeah. Hills, right? Off right there. Yeah. Yep.
1: I was out there doing motos and ended up cartwheeling and ended up bending the plate in my collarbone. yeah so I had to re, I had to go back in. They had to take the plate out, and then I had to have a bone graft off my hip because the bone they did like a cadaver bone the first surgery, and my body basically rejected it. So it was soft. It didn't really, it didn't harden. So that's why it bent so easy. And so, um, yeah, had that done, and then that was that was my oath. That was my 2003
0: career. And dude, just it's just like. Like, I mean, I, I didn't have as traumatic, but I had very similar things. And would you say like those three, those, you know, three years, you know, two years, would you chalk it up to like, just not being prepared a little bit too? Like, you know, like
1: first, I mean, yeah, for sure. I think definitely not, not fit enough, not strong enough. And, and the speed that was required of you, you had to be, I had to be stronger. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't realize it at the time or recognize it, and that's not when everybody and their mom had trainers and everyone knew as much as they know now.
0: Yeah, it was a lot. A lot of stuff was really private, right? Like it was really private, and you didn't know. Like there wasn't a lot of knowledge, and it was it was it was people were doing it, but we weren't knowing about it. That's for damn sure. Like not at our level. You only had really the guys that are winning that were doing that, right? And maybe some of the guys in the lights class or one twenty five class weren't. They were just riding also. So. That stepping stone to the 250 class was like a um, more of a you know, dog eat dog world. Like you, you know, you'd have like guys like Gaddis and Pedro Gonzalez, a lot of Mitch's guys that would win titles and they would never translate to 250s because it was so, um, such a huge jump,
1: you know? For sure.
0: Um, so. so, 04, 04, 05, where are we at?
1: Uh, 04, actually, I did not get a ride and uh, my parents basically always told me from the beginning we'll get you there and then once you're there you're on your own (laughs) and so i moved back home Uh, one of my good friends uh, bobby farina um he owns a big he owns like almond and walnut orchards yep and um he ended up helping me get two bikes and i built a super cross track at his place i believe you came and rode there i did that's right i did so we, I built a Supercross track onto some of his property and just kind of did my own thing from up there and, and, and got ready the best I could and went to to Anaheim uh, 104 as a full private tier. Um, my bike was pretty stock. I mean, we had suspension, pipe, hey, cylinder. Was your
0: brother Richard, for you at the time?
1: Yeah. My That's brother right. was a mechanic at the race. Yeah. So That's I didn't so even sick. have kit, suspension, nothing. It was just standard stuff, revalued with pipes, ouncer. Like really basic.
0: That's good. And, and that was the first Suzuki's, year Suzuki's? of the
1: Yes. Yep. yep. That was the first year of the RMZ two Mm-hmm. And so I raced that and uh ended up putting it in the main event. And I think I was running like ninth and then the bike overheated. <laughs> oh, so I DNF <laughs> Too you much. Know, we were super bummed, like me and my brother me and my brother we were driving back in my my Mazda pickup truck, two bikes in the back. Just like man, like so much work. We like worked our butts off, and then Fuck. you know we're just driving back with nothing, no result,
0: no result. Oh man, and like you, you're you know you have all this expectation, and yeah. So from there, yeah, what, so was,
1: what'd you do? I was I was actually it was Sunday. I was driving home. I was about halfway home, and I got a call from Larry. Um, all the the whole Red Bull KTM team at the time got hurt ah so he asked if i wanted to fill in and they would pay my expenses to go racing
0: yep mm-hmm. and this is that type thought, of that movement of like that four stroke two stroke takeover right yes yeah, so
1: i was going back to a 125 off the yeah. of four stroke and at the time i was like yeah no brainer for sure yep so turned around got my brother a flight flew him back home so he could go to work during the week <laughs> and then um rode the bikes three times and then went to Phoenix.
0: I remember Phoenix, dude, and I remember I was in Heat 2 and you Heat 1, and that 125, I think you are one of two. Like, one of the YOT guys might have been on a 125 still, like, just because. I could be wrong, yeah. but, like, maybe you could have the only guy, in that, but the KTMs were nasty-sounding, like, just – in a good way. Yeah, like, that thing
1: was fast. For, I mean, it was it was a really really good 125 for sure. But it's not um, a 250F. But, right but it's not a 250F. No.
0: And no. But you were riding good. How'd you how you go on it? I mean, you, you did you did um, good, didn't you? For what you had to I deal I did with?
1: okay. I mean, I made every main event, and I think I was consistently around tenth. I think my best finish was at one of the Anaheims. I think I got like seventh or eighth. Okay. Um. And then, so I rode all Supercross with them, East and West Coast, because you could still ride both coasts at the time. Yep. Which
0: was really cool, because for a guy
1: like you, that was, had some... That was actually the last year that you could do it, because that was the year that Hanson came and rode East Coast and (laughs) almost screwed up the whole championship. Yeah, fucking Andy.
0: He was on YOT at the time, right?
1: He was YOT, and he came over and started winning races, (laughs) and then it really... And that was the last year they allowed it.
0: Because he had no pressure. We know Josh. No pressure, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, and we know Josh just is the best, one of the most calculated guys. But, yeah, go back to you. still is. Yeah, dude. Fuck.
1: But, uh, um, so, yeah. So, yeah. You, so, you you finished just, Supercross with them. And then I was at Vegas Supercross thinking I was riding outdoors for him. And then after the main event, they told me, thanks for doing everything I did. That, that was my last day there. Oh, mother. Oh, God. I just so, did a mad scramble and flew up to Canada in the middle of the next week and Blackfoot went and tested Honda. with Blackfoot Blackfoot Honda and got a Canadian deal and lined up the GoRace Canadian Nationals.
0: Yeah, and this is when you were living with Lytle at the time, right?
1: Yes. So Casey let me – because obviously I was riding for free yep. at, and just expenses, Casey was – Super awesome, great enough to let me come live with him. wasn't charging me anything at the time because he knew I wasn't making anything. And he was a test rider at KTM, and he would come to the track and help me and just everything. And and super thankful for that. I mean, and, and I mean, with the friendship that we were able to build off of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, this is some really cool times. I think for like our group of friends, you know, um, I have memories that last forever. Like you see, a ranch days, you know, oh four, oh five. Sure. Um, I remember one thing about yourself is. Your bike never came to the track dirty, right? You had no, no, and it, not, and not like it just. And these kids that that do that, like you took it very, you took it like serious, like a job. Like you took pride in your bikes, um, mm-hmm. and and that's one thing. If you know parents are listening, is Ryan was down here, you know, you're what now? So it's two thousand four, right? To you're mm-hmm. twenty, what
1: twenty two? E, I would have been. Mm-hmm. No, it'd have been only like 20.
0: Okay. So, yeah. So you're 20 and you're on your own, maintaining your bikes, you know, coordinating parts from Blackfoot. Your bike was relatively standard, right? Like, um, and you'd fly up to Canada. And and it's just, it's a lot for a young man to take in. But I I, I mean, I was a couple years older than you, but you always treated it like a job at a very young age and and with respect. And that's what I noticed. And, And we had a good, our friends group really took it serious. I really, truly think that, you know, between, you know, back in and Logan and, um, you know, shorty, your brother-in-law, like we had a, a pretty sure. gnarly group of guys that all pushed each other to be our best we could be. And we all got along. We rode bike together um, with Ed C, you know, he had Stockton helping you at eras. And I just, I, I, I think that rivalry within like being, almost taking it serious it wasn't a rivalry on the track as much we all want to be each other I mean I was a bit off you guys but just to treat it like a job I think was was very cool you know
1: yeah no for sure I mean I I think that kind of treating it that way obviously goes a long ways and then not only that just the I feel like the respect that you get from other people when they notice the work and and just the, everything that you're doing to try to be the best you can, and, and I was always kind of, I guess, in a way, like, told, like, hey, you you take it serious, you do everything you need to do, and you treat people the way you want to be treated.
0: Yeah, so you're up in Canada, man, and this is where it gets, like, things start going right. You know, you're, yeah, you're so, winning races, you're winning races, right? You're, you're So
1: my first race with Blackfoot was actually in count, so they came down. <sighs> um for the hang national I remember this and it was it was uh me JSR Damon Huffman and Dusty Klatt and um I actually remember when I went up for the test I was talking to Damon that's the first time I'd met him and just talked to him up there for a while and just about how for him like that kind of when he went up there that was kind of like motivated him again and just kind of was enjoying racing again and everything and so it was cool to spend time with him, but, uh, went to Hangtown. first practice out the race bike that they brought down for me that had like, that was a legit race bike. One of theirs, I don't know exactly what happened to, but the thing blew up on the second lap of practice. So then <laughs> oh, they, we pulled this, the stalker out that they brought, brought down for me. That was going to be my practice bike. So I ended up racing that, that weekend. And I went nine, six for sixth overall. That's impressive, up- dude.
0: On a, like I, and, I was well yeah. i kind
1: of went in there with i guess a chip i don't know if a chip on my shoulder is the correct word but i kind of went in there like all right like you let me go like i'm gonna prove something to you guys yep and the only one that beat me that day was rhino on that team
0: I, I i remember looking at the results after the race and i'm like damn morris like you were in top three for a long time i think were you
1: Mm, no no not that not that year but okay um yeah so left there like super happy and then i was like you know what? i'm gonna go race the next one in my truck like i want to go do this again and so i wanted i started kind of lining stuff up and then the team manager of blackfoot caught wind and was like hey you go there and if something if you get hurt you're fired and i'm like oh crap like (laughs) i can't risk i can't risk losing what i have yep so ended up not going, and then um, went up to Canada, and um, first round just uh, got waxed by Clat like yeah. not even close.
0: And people don't understand how fast Dusty Clat was in Canada. Like he Dude. was unbelievable.
1: Yeah. So I think the first round was Nanaimo, maybe where it's like real shelly, yep. and On just the island, yeah. waxed me.
0: They have the big whoops and before so, you cross the start finish line. Yep.
1: Yep. And came home and i'm like holy crap dude like i gotta put some work together here and then put some work in and i think it was like a two-week break maybe in between and then was able to go on a decent um a decent winning streak and brought the championship all the way to the last round and last moto and i had to beat dusty to win it and um ended up getting a really good start i think it was like third and then i don't know i don't know which person it was but just freaking blasted me and I ended up uh going down got up and charged all the way back to second and this and obviously wasn't good enough so i ended up getting second in the canadian championship that year yeah
0: but that, i mean dusty was, was unreal but dude.
1: The, yeah he was good up there for sure but that was kind of like i guess the i had some good racing i was had my confidence back like everything like i was healthy and everything was going pretty good Mm -hmm. and um so i put my own program together to race glenn Helen that year and so tom built me some honda 250s
0: oh that's when he was building Uh, jg's jg's bikes as well like his amateur bikes right? correct they're like yes he had had 43 horsepower before like people could even yeah
1: so the doctor that used to help me up north uh john d cohen his father-in-law had like a housing business down here and they were tied together also with Ricky James's dad.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: So we bought two new Hondas. Ricky James dad helped also had them built by Tom, had the suspension done, did some testing and went to Glen Helen and raced full privateer on my own um, with support from those guys and ended up, I think I went like maybe 11 DNF cause I got a flat. And then those two bikes, when I was done with them after that, those were Ricky's race bikes. That's right. For the the next year. Mm-hmm. And, um, the maybe a week later after that, I ended up signing the contract with WBR Suzuki for a two year deal.
0: And that, that was a pretty interesting team. They had Troy Adams, um, right? Yes. Troy Adams.
1: When they were on Cowie.
0: Yep. And Richie Owens.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was cool, man. That was a good-looking, sharp team. Everything looked really professional. Troy Lee Gear, if I'm not mistaken?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah correct.
0: it, it was uh, – man, you guys had a sharp-looking program. Um,
1: and yeah, the program was super tight. Like, Troy was really involved in in the look of it and design of the semi and the bikes and everything. So, obviously, everything was, like, yeah really tight, you know?
0: And you were there two years?
1: I was there for two years.
0: Yeah. And how was that? How did you, how the two years, were your bikes pretty good there? Cause I mean, you're such a technician.
1: The first, yeah, the first year the bike was not great. It was decent. Yep. Um, and even that year, man, I struggled like, uh, I ended up getting knocked out a couple of times and just was, I don't know, just kind of rough. And then the next year our bikes were a lot better. We got a lot better support from Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And then Yosh was doing the engines, and we actually had, like, kit suspension and, and everything, so the bikes were super legit. Um. And the f- very first Anaheim, um, the old good old carburetor bog got the best of me in practice. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and <laughs> ended up endowing and uh, separating my AC joint in my shoulder. And so I set out the first uh, – four rounds i believe because wbr was only a west coast only team so there was no option of riding. yep yep so set out a few rounds came back had some decent finishes like eight through tenth and then um during the break uh Put in a lot of work um, at that time that year. They hired as a team trainer Todd Jacobs and then David Bailey also. So, so you, I had really turned, good people around you me. You
0: turned into a gnarly cyclist with a mentally strong attitude. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so um, oh, that would have been 06. So 06 was, I would say, my first year where I really learned about training and and just that side of stuff. And it didn't really come into play until the later part of the Supercross season. And
0: was Lapaglia a part of that program at all or not yet?
1: Like, the... uh, Pagli was on the team that year. Yeah. Okay. So and you guys wrote his, right at.
0: yep. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Correct.
1: Um, so once the East coast was done and West coast came back was when everything I'd been doing kind of finally was starting to happen. Yep. And, uh, then I started being a top five guy and went to Vegas that year also and got fifth in the shootout. And, gotcha. um, yeah so it was that everything goes, kind of rolled pretty good,
0: and that's when uh, YOC why, why starts looking at you, right?
1: yeah, so that's when the Yama yeah, Troy stuff kind of started happening, and then um I went to hangtown for outdoors the first round i don't, I don't even remember what happened. it couldn't have been good if I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> and uh raced I trying to remember. I did a few rounds and then I ended up getting knocked out again. So then I was I had to take some time off because it was like a decent one. Yep. yep. And then um
0: And and all these injuries, did you once again, like, you know, little things here and there. Did you ever like it was just like within our friend circle, man, we all were like I think there's times that we all were hurt together. It was the weirdest thing, right? And Yeah, for uh, sure. And none of us were ever it was like we always what was weird is we always came back faster. I think like not many of yeah. us went backwards, right? We never got wrapped up. Yeah, like, we had some fun. We partied here and there, but not. Man, we yeah. took it so serious. If anything, we overtrained once we started like figuring out training. I think.
1: I would say that for me, like oh six, and I think that's why I kind of struggled outdoors too. Was when I kind of learned about overtraining. Um, I mean, we would go <laughs> and. Like Todd was obviously like an Ironman triathlete, yeah, yeah. like super gnarly, do lots of volume, and I think that kind of hurt Zapped me a you. little bit at yep. that at that time. But I think you need to go through that to learn to Absolutely. know your limit, basically. Like Absolutely. if you don't ever go to that point, then you don't know.
0: That's what Dunge told me so about. OSHA. I'm
1: thankful for that that time. Yep, because I learned a lot. Yep. Um, and then yeah, I ended up getting the Yamaha Troy deal. At the end of that year, signed my contract Monday morning at breakfast, and we went to Elsinore.
0: Yeah, dude. I was there. I don't know if you remember that. I was there.
1: Yeah. Big rhythm. So I signed my contract at... Coco's? Did you guys go to Coco's? (laughs) I think we might have. I don't remember. And signed my contract, went to Elsinore, and just ate shit. Like cartwheeled myself. Big rhythm.
0: Dang was out there with you, I believe.
1: Yeah, so big rhythm we, section
0: and it was the bike it was a bike failure, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, so um, at the time they ran a slipper clutch and uh, something happened to the clutch and so that's what happened to me and I ended up breaking both my arms
0: Dude, you were going so fast at the time too I remember like it And was... so that
1: was yeah, I mean the ink was barely even dry on the contract and <laughs> I ended up breaking both my wrists having surgery on both of them um and then so automatically i was uh i was east coast like that's what you're at that's in. it that's it um kind of took everything that i'd learned the year before um and then i actually ended up hiring michael johnson who shorty was working with Yep. and ended up training with him that year and so when i started riding i was actually pretty decent fit from where i had been yep And, um, went to the, went to the East coast and the first East coast round. Um, I think I got fifth, which I was like super ecstatic about and then went to the next round and ended up getting second. And then everything kind of continued really good for me from that year. From there, um, I held the points lead, had a couple more podiums, some heat race wins, and um, we went all ahead. the way down to the final round. We're in St. Louis. Was it St. Louis? Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, I was
0: on the I was on that um, 07, 450, um, and I didn't make the main um, the the KTM, and that thing was a bit of a handful, right? I was yeah. developing yeah. that bike, and I, if I'm not mistaken, man, I don't want to speak for you, but I remember watching, dude, and and I think Hannah was there, your wife, and yeah, and. Yep. and I wasn't sitting with her, but I remember and in, you're you're in the you're in the mix and you're battling Townley, right? Like Townley and you for the title. Am I, am I- it,
1: well, in the heat, in the heat race, me yeah, yeah, So Townley was the guy that was battling for the championship, and in the heat race, we were, we were going back and forth. It was a, a good clean racing. Like we neither one of us did anything stupid. We raced clean, and it was it was a good head to head race. And uh, main event uh, got a second place start behind Dunge, mm. and Townley didn't get that good a start. And on, I believe, lap three or four, I landed off the side of the track a little bit, like coming into the corner. And the how the pocket was, I, like, G'd out really hard on the berm and ended up stalling the bike. Dude. Well, we ran a slipper clutch, so I couldn't bump start it. I tried bump starting when I was still rolling, but I couldn't bump start because the clutch would just slip yep. when you did that. Yep. And this I remember was before that, dude. electric. This was before electric start. And you we had to go had to the top, dead, start button.
0: top dead center. Yeah, Dude. And I just remember yeah. watching Hannah just fucking like break. Like just so like, oh.
1: I got it started and then just put my head down and went to work. And I ended up getting fourth that night and Townley got second. <sighs> if I just needed one more position because I ended up losing the championship by two points.
0: What a heartbreak! What goes through your mind, man, when you come across the finish line, and you, you know you kind of know, but you don't know. I mean, was uh, it? Yeah, I mean, with all those trials tough, and tribulations, you had five years of just the gnarliest ups and downs. So you're finishing off with a second in the series, which is great. I mean, insane, but you yeah, were so sure. close. You were leading the points at a time. Nah, yeah,
1: it was. A, I mean, it was it was tough. Like I achieved every goal I set for myself, and above that. But when you have that, that I guess what you've grown up wanting, like so close, oh. and then it's gone, it's uh, pretty frustrating. Um, but you can't, as a, as an athlete, you can't dwell on it. That you know, you next day it's done, it's over with. Back to work.
0: Yep. And then outdoors, dude. Like we we talk about supercross a lot. You were like unconsciously dude. like a a supercross only racer. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Outdoors were always a a bit of a struggle for me. Um, 07, I think I, I mean, I had some decent, I was consistently top 10 in like around yeah, yeah. 10th, uh, 07. How good was that YLT um, bike? Was
0: it, was it insane? Was it, was it? Yeah. Like-
1: I mean, 07, the 07, the bike was, it was pretty good. Um, and then compared to like the, to remember, the
0: wbr bike what like the step
1: yeah like. no it was a, it was a lot it, the step was decent yeah for sure yeah um and then i think redbud might have been my last race in 07 which i, w- I did really good at redbud i got sixth overall was like super happy um went to unadilla ended up crashing and twisting my ankle really bad and got like, a, I forget what they call it, but it's basically like what, a soccer pr- player, like ankle sprain. And that wow. thing freaking took forever. So that was, there. I think there was only a few rounds left. So I didn't finish the series, but I did over half of it, I would say. Um, and then 08, I was still at Yamaha Troy. Um, same thing, probably around... Around November I was at La Paglias riding and uh ended up having a big crash and separated my AC joint even worse than the oh. one that I had. Um, uh, punctured a lung, um, did some and then set, and did some other stuff, like just a lot of internal stuff. Mm-hmm. Dude. So just... that put me off the that put me off the bike for a while. And then um, came into the East Coast definitely not prepared. Yeah. And just struggled the whole, the whole, basically almost the whole series. I mean, I was struggling to get, to get top, to get around 6th or 7th. Just struggled. That's got to be and so then, tough um,
0: to go from, you know, points leading, title hunt, and then just like always rebuilding, dude. You're always rebuilding, you know, just always yeah. rebuilding. And that's such a mentally unfathomable thing, you know. I went through much of it, but not in a title hunt situation and 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 to be mentally that strong is is crazy
1: oh and then um just kind of struggled and then finally the last round i got i ended up getting second at detroit and uh was like okay like finally everything's coming back i'm getting fit again like everything's starting i'm getting my confidence back and then um went to outdoors and only made it not not very many rounds, and um, ended up having chronic fatigue. Going and back so to I that was struggling with that. Yeah, so I was. I think I just kind of ramped it too hard a little bit in the middle. Supercrossing was just kind of flirting with the limit, I guess you would say, of not knowing enough of what I was doing. Yep. And then, um, and that—that's one so of those things.
0: That's one of those things, man. That like you learn in – in Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do remember when you were living with Nate, uh, Nate Adams there, the the deaf family mm-hmm. house, you, you know, you, you kept your training and, and you weren't a secretive guy to not tell us. You just didn't like, you just had a journal. You paid attention to what you did. Um, so when there was times of struggle, you could look back or times of success. You could keep a record, correct? Like you were one of the For first sure. guys that I heard of that man. And I, I really, um, I, t- I, I did the same thing, dude. I, I copied you. I remember, I remember you know, you yeah. telling us like, yeah, dude, like I, I, I think I, I had a problem or something and you're like, well, do, do you know why? Or you asked me the question. And I'm like, uh, no. You're like, well, I do this. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. So on those good days, you know why, like you keep a record. I I woke up, I've slept good. I ate this. And yeah. if you look at a path, it's just like your bike, right? I had jetting this day. And, and, yeah, for and, sure. And having those people around you and, and treating it like going back to treating it like a business the whole time is is something I learned from you, you know? Um, I took it serious, but I was a little more, I guess, all over the place, you know, not as calculated. Yeah. So, oh eight, I... you go to – 09, you go to PC, right?
1: Yeah, so, well, O.A. I came back and raced a couple rounds after my chronic fatigue and ended up, I I was at Washougal, I rode Friday practice, and my arm was hurting me really bad, and I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on, like, I didn't crash, I don't do anything, so I went to the Asterix mobile unit, and I had this kind of, like, little lump in my armpit, and so I showed Podner like, hey, man, my arm's killing me, and I got this little lump, well, I ended up getting MRSA, which is a staph infection. Oh, my God. And he's like, you need to get on a flight and get back home and go get that thing cut open and drained and get some antibiotics going. So I ended up home. Do they know how flight, you got that? No, I mean, just
0: – I mean, if, no. you, if you weren't with Hannah, I mean, we could see maybe some dirty girls, but, I mean, come on. No, you know. definitely <laughs> not. But, no, it's,
1: it's super common in, like, high school wrestlers and stuff just from really? sweating and everything. Yeah, yeah. okay.
0: And you're the cleanest son and of a so, gun I've ever met in my life, so it's not like you're yeah, a stinky sucker.
1: So I flew home, went straight to the hospital, got it cut open, got it lanced. Was on, I had to go to the hospital every day for IV antibiotics and like just went through the ringer on that. And so that was the end of the 08 season. Um, had no ride. Um, the Yamaha Troy deal was looking sketchy at this point. Our bikes weren't as good. Like everything, you can kind go- of see the writing on the wall. Yeah, it, was the going was the, going.
0: it was going the wrong way, right? Like it, it wasn't, our bikes
1: were getting, yeah, our bikes were getting slower as the year went on, just parts and just stuff like that. And, uh, I didn't really have any other options and I was really good friends with, with, uh, dang Chris McAvoy, who was the team yeah. manager at the time. And, um, that was when they still had the U S open. And so he said, here, I'll make a deal with you. You can continue to ride the bike, even though you're not on a contract and we'll take you and we'll go race this. And then hopefully you can get something. That's I was like, so okay. Rad- so Dang
0: was that kind of guy too.
1: Yeah. So, um, just started riding supercross and started putting in work and just getting ready for that. And then I think it was, I, I and every day after I was done riding, I drove to Mitch's office and would go in and talk to him. Like, Hey, like, cause I knew you had a spot, like, just give me a chance. I'll do whatever it takes. I won't let you down. And every day after I was done riding, I drive there. I drive, like, just bug them. That's so rad. And um, I think it was maybe a couple weeks before the U.S. Open was supposed to happen. Um, it was, I don't, know, I don't remember what day, but it was it was later at night because I was getting ready to go to bed. And um, I got a text from Mitch, and all it said was yes. <laughs> and I was like uh and Han- and hannah was here and i'm like D- i don't know like do i call him like what <laughs> do i do like i don't know what this means yeah 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 that's amazing and dude. Like, yeah. and,
0: and to ride for mitch like that's the, at our era that's the pinnacle dude
1: yeah so i mean i had been bugging him for freaking a month showing up at a shop every day and so i'm like all right well i'll call him so i call him, he's like hello and I'm like, hey, Mitch, this is Ryan. I was just, uh, I was just calling about your text that you sent me. Um, and he's like, oh man, I'm sorry, I sent that to the wrong person. You're joking. And like, my me. heart literally stopped. You're joking, I me, like, dude. Uh, I was just like, uh, okay. And he's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. You got the spot. Come down tomorrow. And I'm like, holy crap. No What a way.
0: fucker, dude. That's the best, man. I just listened to his podcast with Ping, and Mitch is one guy I never got to really know. You know. Um, yeah. Um. And to hear the story, and, and I mean, it, it, tell me a little about working with Pro Circuit, man. and,
1: and no, i was awesome. So even like, so I went down there the next day, okay, here's your contract. There was no, <laughs> like, I was like, I don't care how much you're paying me, I don't care <laughs> what it is, just show me where I'm signing this thing.
0: Yeah, no stipulations, just, fuck, Yeah, let's I don't really care. Just let's go give green. me
1: where I'm signing. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> Holy shit. And so I went down there, did the deal, and then he called me that night. I, pro- I think it was probably about 9 o'clock what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting ready to go to bed. He's like, you're not out celebrating. I'm like, no, I mean, I'm getting, ready. he's like, okay, good. See you tomorrow. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah. And so from there, it was just, um, he was actually pretty, I would say all the stories I'd heard about him going there. I was nervous. Like, okay, like, there be getting ready to get like your ass chewed. Like you've got to be strong, you know? Yep. And honestly, I felt like me and Mitch hit it off. We had a really good relationship right away, and he was really calm with me, to be honest. Um, Well,
0: you had your shit together, man. And I'm not trying to fluff you. I think a lot of guys, like, you know, the Sorbys, the Matt Walker's, taking nothing, not talking crap on those guys, but like, there are some squirrely dudes. And through your trials and tribulations. Even
1: even like, so Weimer was on the team that year, and me and Jake became really good friends. Like, right away, we got along, like, we tested together, rode together. Um, Stroop and Porcell were on the team that year and, um, they had a rough go. Yeah. So actually about a month before the round one, I ended up firing my trainer, Michael Johnson, cause I was going down that same path of overtraining yep. Yep. kind of whatever. So I actually went and talked to Mitch before I did it and was like, Hey, this isn't working. What should I do? And then that's when Mitch actually referred me to Darren. Oh, right. And so, I uh, took care of that, which I'm I'm super thankful that I did go to Mitch and approach him because Michael called Mitch and Mitch was basically stood behind me. Did Darren work with IT
0: like Ivan Todesco before that? Yeah.
1: Okay. So Darren worked with Ivan when he won all of his championships with Mitch. Okay. So that's why Mitch kind of pointed me that way, and then so I started working with Darren and that's when I became really good friends with Jake also. And I remember like Mitch always used to call Jake like all the time to check to see what he was doing. And I remember Jake used to get so mad, like, dude, why is he always calling me? He never calls you. And we were together. Like
2: Holy crap.
1: we were together all the time at that point. Like we would do our riding yep. training separate and then we would always hang out later. Like that's just And I remember that you guys even, were tight, tight. Yeah. Super tight. I mean, we, we became really, really good friends. And then, um, Going into that year, we weren't sure what coast we were supposed to be riding. And then Stroop and Porcel both broke their collarbone within a week and a half of each other on the same jump at the test track.
0: So you're like, we're so on the West at Coast. That point,
1: <laughs> yeah, we kind of knew, like, okay, we're West Coast. And um, even – I mean I remember going to Anaheim 1 the Friday night before. I think Jake and Nicole came to my house. We cooked dinner. We hung out. Like just something different that I don't feel like anyone really does. And we did track walk together, like everything was going good. We ended up going one, two in the heat race. And, um, well, actually I kind of skipped one point, like in practice, I, <laughs> I did get my ass chewed, ass chewed after practice from Mitch. Cause I qualified 18th what and he
0: happened?
1: was like, dude, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't, I, I was just, I remember I was struggling with arm pump all day and so I struggled with that all day ended up getting second in the heat race. And then we ended up going one, two in the main also came nice. back. Mitch was like so happy, like blown, like obviously we, I think we exceeded what everyone expected us to do. Yeah, that Cause night. you
0: guys weren't like, like the eight, A, the A team was Purcell, right? Like Purcell was like the guy to win. Correct. Well,
1: Purcell and Stroop were yeah. like the guys with speed basically. Yep. I mean, I wasn't, I was for sure. not. I mean, I was you maybe were the last like
0: hire. The, you were the last hire.
1: Yeah. I was like, the the f rider yeah um and then yeah i mean that i remember the first day i rode that bike i just laughed like <laughs> are you freaking serious star west, like, dude this is what this is what we've been racing against like this is even like this is ridiculous
0: wasn't it at star west that you rode it i think it's star west or something.
1: uh yeah star west was my first day and i just remember just I could not believe how good that thing was from what I was on.
0: Do you remember what happened that day, man? I, not to go I into, do. It was Tyler Klesiak. I do. Yeah, yeah, that was a heavy day. Like, uh, I remember you got your bike, and going back to, like, our Rat Pack of friends, right? We always trained, and, I mean, I I think what was interesting about our, our crew was when our friends got rides, and when our friends got better, we never, like, had animosity. We always knew that that friend deserved it. Right? Like yeah, and all sure. of us were so pumped for you that you had that, that team that that pro circuit bike and then only the front number plate, no stickers on it, like just that whole the aura of the pro circuit esque bike and um we're out there riding entire ecclesiac just mm-hmm. laying there on the ground and, and Dostel is just gone as EMT, gets oxygen and I mean, that was a heavy yeah. day, but you know we we'll, we'll skip yeah. that story for another time. But <laughs> man, so you you yeah, like I remember you just telling us like you can't ever imagine. You know, I've never wrote a person goodbye. Yeah, I mean, nothing
1: and... was nothing was like it was so good, and and I think that obviously transferred over for me that year. Like I I struggled a little bit the first two rounds, even though I went two three, but I was getting arm pump, and then I kind of figured it out what was going on. Mm-hmm. just from, I guess, with Darren and paying attention, the only thing that I was doing different on race day that I was doing ever during the week or even the years before was for warm-up. I was riding an aerodyne that Mitch had on the on the semi instead ah. of just a spin bike.
0: So you're getting too much blood in, like for your body into your arms?
1: I think just moving – well, doing my arms and stuff was not good. So then the next Anaheim, when we came back, I brought my spin bike from home and used that, and then I didn't, I didn't have the problem anymore.
0: Going back to your diary, dude. Going back to your data, yeah. So,
1: your data. I think just from paying, you know, just from paying attention and learning your body, you kind of can figure some things out. And all, I mean, that year was that year. That year was un- like I I podiumed every round but one. Um, the one round I didn't podium was my hometown race, and I just went there with way too much just wanting to go there and, and win like yep. that was my goal there that was Oakland, i wasn't going Oakland there to be on the S- podium san fran it was san francisco Yep. like i went there going like okay i'm gonna win this thing like i'm gonna do whatever it takes and just freaking brain farted and sent it way too hot into the first corner ended up going into the tough blocks and <sighs> yeah and then just worked my way through the pack i ended up coming back to fourth but i was so mad like that was the one race I went to knowing like, okay, I'm going to win this one. And after that, I kind of just learned like, okay, don't go in. Like, obviously you blew it. Yeah, right? yeah, you put yeah. way too much pressure on yourself to go out there and do when you just need to chill out.
0: Just ride your laps.
1: Yeah. And, um, so from there just kind of stayed focused and, and I uh, kept, kept to the program and Darren, taught me like that's when i learned the balance of like training and resting like okay your body is doing this you need to rest i don't Mm -hmm. care what it is you need to rest and that's when i started checking the heart rate in the mornings more and just kind of stuff like that better diet and um, it's just interesting you see that i think
0: like i i I, go ahead
1: i think also like what helped that year too. Like I knew going to the line, like I just knew like, okay, I can totally with my reaction and then I'll come out fifth. Like I'll I'm, be, good. I, I,
0: I'll be, good. I'll
1: be good. Like, I, so there was no pressure on the start to like, okay, I got to get a good start. Like I just knew like, yep. okay, this, this bike is so good that I know like I can totally with it and still come out fifth. That's
0: an unreal feeling, man. Unreal. I, I, in 06 on my KTM, we were ahead of everyone like on our engine package and I knew, I was like, I'll get to the whole shot, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter, yeah. it doesn't matter, and to have that feeling was a whole package, and is a, is a pretty unbelievable feeling I can imagine.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, it for sure was, and then, um, ended the year, uh, well, Supercross Vegas, a whole shot, did heat race, and, they ended up watering (laughs) of course i slid off the jump and landed on a tough block and ended up crashing and popping my shoulder out but when i got up my shoulder went back in weird so i just i got on the bike and then finished the heat race ended up coming back to eighth and still qualified for the main and then went to the asterisk unit got it taped up rode the main event struggled in the main event because then kind of everything settled in like the
0: the adrenaline rolled. off. The pain
1: off. and yeah. the adrenaline wasn't there anymore, and so I didn't do good in the main event. And then came home, went to the doctor, got MRIs, all that. Ended up tearing my labrum, my tricep, all this stuff was done to it. Jeez. So I had to have surgery. So
0: another setback.
1: Drove up. yeah. So I drove out the pro circuit. I didn't want to call, mention to him. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go out there and tell him in person. Like I can try to race outdoors what do you want me to do? And he said, just get it fixed and get it done. Right. Okay. So scheduled surgery for the Monday, like a a week later or whatever, because I was getting married that weekend between Vegas and the first round outdoors. So got married that weekend, had surgery two days after I got married and then no honeymoon, no nothing straight. (laughs) Like just, uh, rehabbing just
0: just the motor. (laughs) Well, Hannah,
1: I mean, Hannah was, you know, she was full-time working as a nurse and she kind of had her own career that she was doing also. Um, so got my shoulder rehabbed and was able to come back for the last two rounds of outdoors.
0: Wow. That's a good rehab for a shoulder.
1: Yeah. So I went to Southwick, which would have been the first, my first round back. Did
0: you, just the way First you didn't lap. qualify, your bike blows up. They changed the rules. Yes.
1: it's raining. It's one practice, and my bike seized before the green flag even came out.
0: So, if people listening to this podcast don't know, like typically the unseated practice is the fastest practice because it's just, it's like a freeway, like literally smooth yep. glass. So, you were probably not. Were you in? You were in the seated practice. I'm assuming. Right.
1: Yeah, because it was my first race back and I was on pro circuit, yep. so I got the ride to good practice. Yep. Well, so, yeah.
0: yeah, so you go out there, you're getting used to it, and your bike blows up. So when you get times in that first practice, it's 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 not possible usually. Well, it to... was
1: only one practice that day. Oh, it shit. was raining.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay.
1: So I only had one practice. Did you even make it to the green flag? Right. And then it's a long they had the
0: ass flight, dude, to go all the way. Well, into.
1: they had the the like three lap Concy race. Yep. While I was last gate pick, so I had to line up all the way outside, which is like, yeah, not, impossible at Southwick. Yep, yep. And uh just terrible start, and freaked out, and started just riding over my head, and ended up crashing, and so I just straight up didn't qualify. Unreal feeling, dude. Oh. so flew all the way there yeah. flew home do you and do you make the motos and just did what stuck to the routine and then went to still city which would have been the final round
2: yeah
1: uh got my ass chewed after practice because i think i qualified 23rd and then went out the first moto got sixth and, oh. and then second moto got enough second-turn pile-up, and then I think I came back to, like, 12.
0: And that's and the, um, the per-circuit year, right?
1: Yeah, so uh, Mitch didn't know what he was doing yet at the when that was done. Um, but Jake was going to Motocross of Nations, and Jake wanted to take some time off, but they had to do some testing for the Motocross of Nations bike because it required different fuel. Mm. So Mitch said, I will continue to take care of you um, just help us develop our motocross of nations bike. I said, okay, deal. So ended up doing all the testing. Why Jake took a little bit of time off. <laughs> and, um, and then once motocross of nations was over, um uh, my deal was, I was done there basically.
0: So going like talking about testing and, and Mitch, mm-hmm. when we, you know, you're arguably one of the best test riders have the, in the world, I would say, um, when you were coming you know 02, 03, four working with tom morgan mm-hmm. did did you always really just love it or did it come easy to you or what what kind of gravitated your knowledge to testing and or when did it kind of click uh, that you're really good at it was it or was it just the process that you loved
1: i don't I think it was just more of a process that I really enjoyed um I don't know like Honestly, it's just something that kind of as a, as I was pro and I tested more and started doing more stuff, just kind of learning and really enjoyed the process of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew from basically at an early point of my pro career, like, all right, when I'm done, like, I want to be like – that was kind of like one of the things I want to do. Okay, I want to help develop race bikes when I'm done racing still. Like I still want to ride good bikes. Ah, so you actually had like, a,
0: you had like a goal like when it was done, like when you well, were
1: yeah, like that was something – I wouldn't say – I don't know if I would say a goal, more of a dream. Like, oh, yeah. dude, like I just enjoyed it. Yeah. And every team that I was kind of on, I kind of turned into the development guy.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of I, – I think a lot of it maybe had to do with Larry um, yep. Brooks yep. from a young age um, watching over me and helping me and going to the track with me and just and making me pay attention to stuff basically i think is is how it all kind of came about basically for me
0: yeah man it's it's a it's a cool story how you know you've you have you you're very in tuned with the the bike and and delivering information um i've got to work with you across the world doing it and um yeah, yeah it's it's a you know at a racing level than a production level. It's a very, very unique craft that you have to, to be able to, to ride it at the level you ride and then give information, um, at the same time. So you leave Mitch where it's and you go to rockstar. Yeah. Suzuki. So,
1: yeah. So once Mitch finally kind of gets his program figured out and, um, I ended up going to rockstar Suzuki, when you, which when was you leave
0: Mitch or you and Mitch don't sort out something um. Did you after doing that like off-season work? Were you, were Were you shocked that you didn't get another shot? No,
1: no. I mean, he was honestly, Mitch was straight up with me. Um. So was what it a lack of perfor-
0: Was there a lack of performance, or was it a stacked deck that he had coming through? Or
1: it combination was, of It was basically, I would say, a Kawasaki decision. Okay. So the Rockstar Suzuki team, which was Bobby Hewitts, um, Extreme Lights, whatever, yep. like his program, they were motorsport Cali and that's where Dean Wilson was supposed to originally go. Cause he had a Cali contract, but okay. then they left Cali and went to Suzuki, which left Dean with a Cali contract, but nowhere really to go. Okay, My contract was up. So they had to play, basically they had to put Dean there and then I was the odd man out because my deal was they done. They
0: just shuffled you and Wilson.
1: So then I went, yeah. So basically that's what happened. Cause Mitch, told me he would take care of me if I went there because they were still pro circuit engine suspension, everything that he would watch over my stuff. So I went there and my bike was honestly really good, even though we were on the older Suzuki because the new bike was late and all this stuff. But Mitch held his word for me and my bike was really, really good competitive. Obviously. I mean, I went, um, I think we got our first bikes maybe six weeks before Anaheim and dude, I rode Thanksgiving day. I rode on Christmas, like, I didn't have that much time to get ready. Uh, I had a really good base from cycling and working with Darren. And um, went to Anaheim and got second. And then went to Phoenix, got second, almost won that one. Weimer passed me with a lap and a half to go. Damn it. And um, came to Anaheim two, And in the heat race, I got landed on. Which like kind of backflipped me and I landed yep, on my was, back. You're
0: in heat one. I was heat two. And yeah, I'm going out. And the, I
1: landed kind of on my back on an obstacle. And there's um, an on-off and, table,
0: table something. And and Nicoletti hit you, hit your rear wheel. Yeah, so hit yeah,
1: so it backflipped yep. me. Yep. And Dude, um, that was violent. My though. handlebars. Yeah, my handlebars hit me in the gut, and I just remember like I was pretty dazed, obviously, when it happened because I slapped my head pretty good. And um I just like the compression on my back and stuff. I remember like kind of laying there, like, dude, like my legs were like I can move them, but everything was kind of weird feeling. And I was just kind of like, holy crap, like what's going on? I was kind of scared to move. And once everything kind of came back, then I kind of like moved around and they got me off the track. And I went to the hospital and I ended up. Um, bruising a lot of internal organs um i bruised my hip joints my tailbone like just a lot of bruising which i was super lucky oh, but it was like really deep bruising so it took a long time um to it, get over it so but by, by that time west coast was done basically
0: yeah man. so
1: i put like i, I that I felt like that year I was actually really, really prepared. You were a title contender.
0: You were a title contender, in my opinion. Like I remember, you were ready. You were the best form I think I've ever seen you in, to be honest. Yeah,
1: like I, I felt really good that year. I was confident for sure. And then um, ended up started riding, and then it was Matt Moss, I believe, was riding for Factory Suzuki, and he got hurt. And so I got a call from them to go race the 450. And I was like, shit, yeah, let's go for it. Like, factory 450, like, try it out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really been riding that long. And went to Daytona, uh, Gotten a first-term up, They red-flagged it. And then um, I ended up come in the second start. I got a decent start, and I think I was running maybe seventh. Somewhere around there, and that's, then that's when Josh Josh Hill was leading the points, but then that's when he was kind of – I think he was sick or something. Yep. And, dude, I went to go past him, like, thinking, like, okay, like, me and him are kind of – like, yeah. we're mutual friends. Like, he'll be – like, he's he sick. Gre- like he, he, he won't put too much of an effort up. Dude just greased me, put me over the turn.
2: Oh, fuck.
1: And, oh, so mad. And then I think I still ended up getting, like, ninth or something. Uh um, is this your first went, time
0: starting to work with roger and ian um
1: yeah so this was the first time that yeah i worked with roger and ian first time racing 450 like i never really even rode 450s that much going yeah, into you, it and let alone race one yep you
0: never rode a, a 250 as an amateur like you were a little bit specialist. no
1: because yeah because my brother was always one class yep. in front of me so yep. that was kind of the rule we never yeah. got to race the same class
0: yep yep so Dan, um, this is a big step big opportunity yeah
1: so it was a big step for me um and then went to, I think I only did two two rounds, I think, because I went to Canada and do just in practice, just cross rutted and endoed my brains out onto the pavement on the side of the track Fuck. and was coughing up blood and just like put myself just back, like re aggravated some internal stuff that I had. And so I pulled the plug on that deal, like, okay, I need to just. Go home, get better, focus, and get ready for West Coast to And, come and back. how was
0: Raj and Ian at the time, like, like being a fill-in? Were they just pretty, like, oh, okay. Good. Like, was it emotion, emotion?
1: Yeah, I mean, Dunge was – no, I mean, D- Dunge was obviously winning. Uh, so Yeah,
0: so they, you were just like, ah oh, sick. Like, Makita can, Mikita can find us for not having two riders or whatever it was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, so it wasn't that big a deal. And honestly, I, I felt like – which I totally understand it. Like, I came in as a fill-in guy. They had Dunge who was winning, like – I didn't really – I felt like I didn't really work with them all that much. Yep. I worked with Adam a lot. Okay. But it was kind of – I was in and out so quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. They're, they're, as you know now in your position in 2021, yeah. you know what you're – I mean I
1: was – yeah. So um, finished that deal, went back, got ready, and, and finished the West Coast rounds with Rockstar Suzuki and, and was a consistent fifth-place guy. <laughs> I mean, I, it wasn't where I was your at the body, beginning. Your
0: body's just damaged, damaged. Yeah. Like, like you're yeah. not back. So, like, cause you, you, is it knowing like, like with your, your due diligence and how OCD you are and knowing like when you're going to the races, like you're like, what I know I'm good, I can win. Was it hard going to the races knowing like, dude, I'm banged up and like, I know that the guys that I, to be ill where I want. Oh yeah, for like, sure. That
1: it was super frustrating.
0: And that's one thing I think myself, like I never did good It's like, I'd always try to come back so soon and just, I was so worried about upsetting people that supported me and I wish I would have said, yeah. Oh, that's a tough feeling, right? I mean,
1: no, for sure. I mean, you're young. All you want to do is race and go out there and do the best you can, even though the best thing for you might've been to take another week or two to get yeah. prepared. Correct. Isn't
0: it interesting? Your the feeling is that you're going to get left behind and it, in a little bit, yeah. it does happen, unfortunately. Right. Um, but so yeah, you. Yeah, you but unfortunately, you have you're well,
1: also only as good as your last race. Yes,
0: exactly. So that's a le- that's 2010. Right, 2010. Yeah, and
1: ten. A, so. Eleven. You back to Rockstar for the cross, game. Yeah, well, going to outdoors. raced the first round at Hangtown. Did so so. Went to Texas. OJ'd the finish line. crashed, Broke my thumb. Did oh an my avulsion. God. You OJ'd that so finish line a, with a steep ass yeah, landing. So I ended up pulling the ligament off my thumb. But dude, you really so, did a good job of staying home. out of outdoors, bro. I gotta admit. yeah. <laughs> came on, had that fixed, and then that was that was that was outdoors. Like that thumb injury for how stupid and little that thing was. And I remember Nick Way telling me when I did it. He's like, "I did the same thing. You're that thing is going to take forever and aggravate you for so long." And I'm like, "No way! Like it's just it's, just it's not little, that bad." Yeah, yeah. And dude, he was right. That thing was bothered me for so long and just aggravated and hurt and it took so long to get where i could ride and it didn't hurt because right where i damaged it was basically where the grip hit oh shit and um, so 11 so going to the 11 series i'm on a new bike with the same team um putting in a lot of work during the off season we get a lot of rain i remember we got a lot of rain before the first round and i went out to him and rode a jared brown Supercross track okay First lap, dude, on like a 15 foot double out of a corner, just indoed <clears throat> my brains out, KO'd myself. Fuck. And so load up, come home, kind of see how I'm feeling, call the team, like, hey, I just KO'd myself. Like, I don't know, like, we'll see how it goes. Like, and then basically at that time, they're like, well, we got no one else, so you're racing. Oh my I was god! Like, okay, so I went to Anaheim. One um, struggled. I think I was maybe. I think I got seventh, but I remember very good that night. Like halfway through the main event, like Foggy. just blurry version, seeing stars. Like, dude, I should not be out here. Yeah, anyone that,
0: that hasn't had a concussion has to understand when your when your heart rate gets up. It's important to you know to rest. And when your yeah. heart rate gets up, it gets tougher and tougher. And then you're healing. And like
1: I left. Left there – I wasn't even, like, bummed or frustrated. I just left there like, like, what in the hell am I doing? In a fog,
0: just literally. just Yeah. yeah.
1: So I didn't ride all week, just rested, slept a lot, didn't bring my heart rate up at all. Went to Phoenix, got um, – ended up getting second. Dude, what a, what a turnaround. <laughs> and, um, and then came to Anaheim, struggled, um, and then went to – what was after that? Maybe Oakland or something. And then was riding pretty good there. And then had a good battle with Tickle. And Tickle and we ended up coming together and it punctured a hole in my ignition cover. So then all my oil leaked out. So then my bike started like squealing and doing stuff. So I don't even remember what I got that night. Damn. Um, then went to LA. Got got third in LA. I passed. I think I might have passed Tickle on the last lap for third. Unreal. And then um, I think that was the last round. No, San Diego rained, and then uh, I don't remember what I got there. Maybe like eighth or something. And then there was the break. And then came back for the last few rounds of West Coast, and was like I think the same, like fifth to seventh, just not not where I should be. Yep. Um, raced uh, quite a few outdoors. And then um trying to remember Did you or did no you... I didn't race I didn't race any outdoors that year because after Vegas I had hip surgery.
0: Okay, from the, the ongoing hip problem, like when you
1: Yeah, from when I damaged it when I was younger and mm. had a crash at the test track and whatever. So I ended up having hip surgery. Came back at Unadilla that year, and then that was the year that Hannah was pregnant also. We were having our first son um we were Man. having crew. And I actually changed my program a lot during that point going into the nationals. Like I went, changed my diet. Like I went full gluten-free, like that whole program. That's like when that was coming in. So I did that whole thing. Dude, I lost like 20 pounds. I was like 142 pounds. you were a lean,
0: mean fight machine, dude. I remember
1: seeing you. You look good.
0: Yeah. So I came
1: back and had some decent results. Um, Nothing spectacular, but nothing terrible. You know, I I was flirting around top 10 every every moto and then uh because of that year with supercross i got fourth in the championship i pointed myself out
0: okay and were so, you excited about that kind of like the next step like you've been in like yeah playoffs? i mean
1: yeah i mean at that point there was the option obviously that every team does like hey if you don't want to race and stay in we'll, you know yeah and i'm like no nah, i'm good like i'm ready it's time yeah 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 and at the point I had a, at the time I had a top three championship and I was right there. Like I felt like I could have got third in the championship Yep. and unfortunately wasn't able to do it. And then, um, ended up signing the deal with, uh, star racing. And then that's when they combined with star and Valley, uh, yep to ride four fifties in 2012.
0: And this is where so, it gets, this is, this is, yeah. this is where so it gets then, really gnarly. Um, um how how was the the adaptation to the 450 um and that bike at the time didn't have the greatest reputation obviously um yeah, how did you get along honestly, with it well
1: I mean we did a I mean I feel like for the resources and everything that we had we put a lot of work into that thing I mean we from lowering the radiators to tilting the engine to shortening like we shortened the forks and just like quite a few things like we got yeah. pretty pretty loud. yeah um honestly felt like chassis wise it wasn't it wasn't terrible yeah um engine package was pretty good and then when we got closer to anaheim then they brought me like the full package and that thing was like i'm like dude this thing's way too fast <laughs> like this is scary
0: isn't that interesting that that at that time everyone was trying to make for for these faster then you know they weren't tuning them yeah. as much it was more like more more power well longer. it was
1: just like it was so i remember the thing was so quick and like so aggressive that you couldn't really roll it on okay and so we worked on that. Got actually I, I felt like my bike was pretty good. Like I was I was happy with it. Yep. Um struggled at Anaheim one. I think I ended up 11th. Um Phoenix struggled really bad, crashed in the heat race. Um in the LCQ went the pass for the lead and the dude's foot went my rear tire and got stuck. <laughs> so I didn't qualify in Phoenix. And then we went to LA. Yep, and I got my heat race went really good. I got third in the heat race, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I got a mid pack so so start. And this that's is where night your night that, your life changes. Yeah, I mean, Trey, yeah.
0: Your mean, li- Yeah, your life changes yeah. forever. I mean, and not all not and not all bad, right? Like it's yeah, for It's, sure. a, it's a so Weston Pike. Right? Is is uh, yeah. he he is it wet? So talk us through that. Like mid-back start, you, you, what do you see?
1: Mm, well, I mean, honestly, I, I can't tell you. Uh, I remember everything that day to sitting on the line for the main event and then being home, I think it was like six weeks later. I don't remember. I don't remember being in the hospital. I don't remember having my face surgeries. Uh, dude, I don't remember. Like I said, there's a six-week span for me where I don't remember anything. I was... Um, I was knocked unconscious for 21 minutes man and so just like the post-concussive syndrome and just everything I had going and, and face surgeries and, I'm
0: watching it right now dude. man if you get feedback it, I'm sorry I just it was, yeah. it, it's it's probably one of the most violent hits in our in our in our sport dude yeah and, so and you have a young son was, you have a young son right newborn yeah my
1: son was Crew four man, months at the time.
0: Morris, and then you know your family's yeah. up north, Hannah's family's in Colorado, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hannah uh, Well, my fam- my family
1: was there luckily. Okay.
0: But I mean they 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 don't live in town, like they they don't no. Yeah, I mean and and so they take you to downtown LA, UCLA? Yeah, or- I don't I can't think of the
1: yeah. I wasn't I wasn't at the good hospital. But anyway, so I was at the hospital for a week in ICU. Um had face surgery um uh, well actually i think there they just wired it if i remember. so you correctly. break your
0: jaw right you break your jaw yeah so
1: I, I compounded my jaw into my mouth and broke it at both sockets Holy shit. and so they wired it back together there from like with my teeth you know mm-hmm. and so i was in icu and then i remember Han- i mean obviously hannah could tear all this stuff better but um it was. It wasn't a good hospital, and she, Doctor Ryman and Alexander, helped her um, get me out of there. Basically, like and I Hannah's was there. A, and for
0: the, those who don't know, Hannah's Hannah's a nurse, so she and in her yeah. brother's Andrew Short, so she's so grown she up. Knows. She knows this whole like regime, unfortunately. She's been with you through yeah. all these ups and downs. You guys were together since you're sixteen.
1: Uh, she was sixteen. I was eighteen.
0: Yeah, so a long time now, t- yeah. a decade. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At this time, at this time, so.
1: Yeah, so she gets everything figured out, gets paperwork done, gets me out of there, brings me home, gets me to some other specialist that Ryman refers me to, end up having face surgery, get my face fixed, plates put in my jaw, that kind of stuff. Uh, To another neurologist here, gets me on medications for my brain and head and all that stuff.
0: And that was the toughest part, yeah. right? Like, um, like the whole the whole newborn that whole thing that's supposed to be a very, time that's supposed to be a very fun and learning. Yeah. And, and you weren't the same Ryan at the time that that.
1: No, not a, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, from what I remember, when I started kind of remembering stuff again, I was definitely not the person that I was or am today. <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: How long did it take? before you said st- at
1: one point. Hannah said at one point, like, at the beginning, I would just look at crew, like, do you even know who he was? Just kind of, wow. like, do you even register, you know? Wow. Um.
0: So that's about a year, a year recovery, like.
1: like... It legit took me a year before I felt normal. Because yeah. I remember it was about a year, I remember telling Hannah, like, hey, I feel like this medication that they have me on is messing me up more than it's helping me now. So we went back to the neurologist, did some tests, and he's like, hey, you're pretty good. Like, your brain looks – everything looks good. So then I had to wean – like, that kind of stuff, you can't just quit. You have to wean off of it. So I think it took me, like, six months to get off of it. And then um, from there, actually, at the end of that year, I actually had (laughs) – crazy enough, I still had a couple offers to race again.
0: That's so gnarly.
1: And – so I actually had an offer from 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 Bobby and Chad for Star, like an offer to race, or I had an offer to be team manager. So I I, I had like two wow. options from that.
0: That's isn't that great about our sport. Like your your self worth and you you're basically out. But they people this this is a family sport, and if you're valuable to a people, they yeah. try to stand behind so. you. you know?
1: How that all kind of came about was at the end of that year, 2012, um, I think maybe the last four Nationals, the team manager quit. And they actually called and asked if I wanted to try it. So I did the last four rounds of the Nationals uh, that year as the team manager for Star it, Valley and kind of like learned the stuff, and, kind of got my feet wet. Like, and, who the was the,
0: who, and who was your riders at the time?
1: Uh, let's see here.
0: We had, I'm drawing a blank, dude. Was Canary a guy by chance?
1: And I refilled in for me, okay. and then he was on the team the rest of the year. They had Austin Stroop, Nico Izzy. Oh shit! You have Swanepoel, a... Kyle Peters, Cunningham. Um, there's one more in there. Actually, there's got yeah, dude. And then at the very last round, Elsinore, they ended up putting Scott Champion on a bike also. You had like the. Dude, I think at one point, one point, I think we had ten riders.
0: Jesus, um, they like was all that, Cole Thompson. They they keep they're keeping the dream alive again this year over that team.
1: Yeah, dude, it was massive, and then so obviously I like I, I felt like I did decent, everything went good, and then at the end of the year, like I said, I didn't offer to race or be manager, and I just started riding again, and I just I just it wasn't. What it wanted to be. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't there. Like that risk for me, like knowing that I had my son and I needed to take care of him. And then this the doctors warning me basically like if you hit your head like really good one more time, it, you may not come back to normal like you did. Jesus. So there was just kind of like a lot riding and I was like, all right, it's time for me to to move on. Like I'm starting a family. It's just time. Yep. So – just decided to go the manager route and, um, yeah, from there I was team manager of the star racing team for 2013 and we brought, uh, Cooper Webb and Jeremy Martin up that year.
0: Dude, that, that, so I got this to work is...
1: with those kids their first year and got to know them really good and still have a good relationship with both of them. And, and as, I mean, obviously working with Coop again right now, yep. um, so I did that all year with them and learned a lot and, and didn't sleep very much that year. <laughs> um, we, were back competing kind of, and,
0: we were back competing against uh, each other, man.
1: Yeah, so like, it yeah. was a big eye-opening year for me that year. Learned a lot, made some mistakes, and um, I remember you called me and told me that Lytle was going to leave and that he was going to go to the R&D side. Well,
0: it, it, kind of like that. Because I think
1: everyone – everyone kind of knew at that point, like I was at my limit a little bit.
0: <laughs> Actually not. So here's, here's what happened so It was me and, uh, rags, uh, I think rags left earlier. Scott, my brother was managing the yeah. program and we, we were struggling in R and D like just a lot on our plate. Raj and Ian came in and Lytle's crushing it for Lytle does everything. You know, he's super organized and yep. dialed in yep. and, and, me, we're like, we need a manager, but we're managing me and Scott, and 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 we're like, we need Lytle and, and John Hines, who's now the president at KTM Group. You know, he goes, dude, "Good luck taking him from Raj." Like, he's killing it for Raj. He doesn't want, to, he won't let him go until you find a replacement that's as good or better. I'm like, dude, Morris would be the guy. And Lytle goes, "Dude, he he ain't leaving. He ain't leaving Yamaha. He's got Coop. He's got Martin. Like, he's on." A role. I'm like, I don't think he's that happy, dude. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, yeah. They're like, call him. So I, li- that's yeah. I call you, and and uh yeah. and and you're like, typical Morris, like very professional, very calculated. Let me think about it. And then, well, fast forward. <laughs> yeah.
1: You start KTM, dude. So yeah. So I, I went in, had the meeting with Casey, Roger, Ian, and. And yeah, and then uh, I think Casey was still maybe there for a couple weeks to help kind of train me and, and show me some stuff and, and whatnot. Um, and then yeah, so I started there the end of 2013, Dude. and I actually Lytle had to go to Monster Cup for me because that's when we were having my daughter.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So we just had L right when I just started at KTM in 13.
0: So Um, man, we're going into 2021. You're now, what, eight years in at KTM? Time flies. Time flies. Yeah, for Um, sure. I mean, you've won how many titles there? How many titles have you won at KTM now?
1: well i personally haven't won any it's well, like being part of that it, team i'm sorry a lot of pieces of the puzzle with yeah people and just everything that it takes yeah yeah um <laughs> as i mean if if you've been involved in a team you understand how much it work how yeah. much it takes it's i mean not easy.
0: it was great always being able to you know develop one thing i think ktm is so good at um was they had you not only as a race team coordinator correct me if i'm wrong Was yeah, it, well
1: originally even originally like the original reason i got hired there was for just team coordinator yeah, like that's i don't it. think i rode one of the bikes for i had a production bike that i think i rode for almost the first full year
0: yeah i remember it wasn't much you were excel spreadsheets organizing kind of what yeah like i wasn't reports. riding
1: at all and then i remember i don't remember i don't even remember why they had me ride the race bike one day they're like hey you want to go test the race bike i'm like yeah and then that one turned into another day into another day into full development. And then Dunge, <laughs> then...
0: Then Dunge kind of like, you know, latched on to your guidance. And all these years, dude, from 2002 to 2012, all that stuff in that, that black book, man, I think you – Ryan, such a good guy and he leaned on you man i remember him calling you and, and i know you're going to be very selfless
1: yeah it, t- it took us a it took it took a while for me and dunge to i guess get the relationship that we have now like we still i still talk to him yep um but yeah i mean we got to a point where he would do his thing in florida and i would come here and do testing during the week and if i felt like we made progress we'd show up to the race with it and he would just say yeah put it on like what do you even think twice about it
0: that and that the confidence and, is unreal to at that level to trust in a person you know,
1: yeah, and at that point for for me to do stuff for ryan was it actually wasn't he liked the same things that I liked, like very similar, so it was pretty easy to help make progress with him, yep, to where. When I then have to make development and try to help Marv, I have to ride a little bit different and think the way Marv thinks. It doesn't just come naturally to me. So that one's a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. That say, makes
0: sense. As smooth as, as people think, you know, Marv's known for being calculated and smooth, but he's one of the hardest yeah. guys in the world on motorcycles. He is. He, for he, sure he is. He's is hard. He'd break swing arms and, and do things that tip, I've never seen. Right. Um yeah. and you 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 can test that. Um Yeah. But to be able to come from I I don't know that many racers that can come from a high level of racing and then I mean I know you had a, a very traumatic brain injury, a lot of you know, a lot big your career was essentially ripped away from you. It wasn't y a mistake you made at all. Um No, to, I mean to looking be looking back
1: like it's kind of one of the things I've always Fell. Everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. I wouldn't be where I am today if that didn't happen to me that night.
0: Absolutely. But you were able to take that, just like your racing career, and act upon it, and react, and and move forward. You you don't ever stop. And and woe is me. I, I call it sitting in a mud puddle. Right. Um. You no, don't sit in a mud go puddle anywhere by doing that. Yeah. yeah. And and it's really impressive, man. Um. I. I I look at, you know, what you've done with the KTM group and, and the people you surround, you're, you're never forward-facing. You don't like to, to, to get pats on the butt and say it's me. And, and, and I think, you know, you're a very great team player. Um, and I think that whole team down there is one of the best teams in the paddock to be in team players. I think it's the smallest team as far as personnel. And one of the most, and one of the, and one of the most, you're like, yes, I got home late tonight. Um, but like, I, 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 I love to sit back now. Um, you know, after leaving KTM and, and working with you side by side with you, that was one of the, I think feathers in my cap is I always wished I was as, as accomplished as you, as you as a racer, right. When I was racing, but when we got to work together, it was finally like, Yes, I. I yes, this guy's one of the best in the world, and and I'm on the right track. Like we we always were, very honest with each other, right? I feel for um, sure. Um, I I remember an instant where I you we were doing some transmission testing, and I got to ride your championship bike that you and Dunge developed for Ryan, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, and and you're like, dude, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't ridden Supercross in like five years, dude. Like I don't know. And I, remember, I don't know if you remember, when I hit the triple the first time. I remember, <laughs> about, about quadrupled it to the yeah. ski jump. But mm-hmm. what I do, I tell, tell, I tell people this day, to this day, and um, uh, the story that I was scared to ride the bike because I was gonna be slow and I, I was not as fast as Dunge, and I didn't think I'd be able to make it move, to make it turn, and make it be able to go through the whoops. And I got yep. on that bike, and I was a production guy, and I took a lot of pride in making great production bikes for consumers. And and you would always reference them to make sure we delivered a good chassis and package for your the racing program of Red Bull KTM. Mm-hmm. And I take a lap around that track, and I'm like, holy cow, this thing's so easy to ride. Like, I could go through the whoops better than I ever could, and that was a testament to your team being so good at – taking a production bike and not getting off from the weeds like yamaha did no
1: for sure i think i think a lot of people would be pretty surprised on how close our bikes are yeah. always to our production bike
0: and then we go to glen helen the next week for the transmission test and mm-hmm. and i go I, i'm like i literally had a boner going into the pits like pulling in like i get the ride like uh, I'm comfy outdoors. I I'm really good at Glen Helen. Like I cannot wait to ride this bike. And I rode it for a couple laps, and I'm like, oh my god, this thing's terrible. Like this thing is not good. And and what I'm gonna say is is uh, what I think is gonna make you successful forever is is you you Roger Decoster and Ian Harrison are bar none some of the most calculated technicians and and planned out guys I've ever seen and been able to work with and. It'd be really hard to tell them that you're, there, something's wrong, I think, and we, we, I rode that bike, and you rode that bike, and um, I come in, and you come in, and you you were very calculated, and I was pretty vocal being my voice, and, and who I am, and how I deliver messages to Jim, and Jim Anderson, and I was like, man, this thing's terrible, and I, he's like, well, what do we mean? I'm like, well, if I had, didn't have to ride it the rest of the day, I'd go home, and he's like, well, you don't have an option. <laughs> I'm like I know that I'm just telling you that's how bad it is yeah. to, to me, and and you had the 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 in a, in a very blunt way the balls to tell Roger Nee and Ian, like we're off track, like we're off track in the race team the production is is not better because it's not better it's different but the production bike yeah. has a a feeling and a platform that we need to lean towards, and you guys got back right on track and and got back to where to winning races right away because of the knowledge that you can take to your team and be a team not a i not no pride like you guys sure. and that's Red Bull KTM as a program i think doesn't have a lot of personal pride that gets in the way from winning races and and that's i didn't work for the race team i got to you know be from afar mm-hmm. but i think um that that KTM group as a whole Will always be successful because of that—that that not having the pride getting in the way of the ultimate goal of winning. Um, and no, for sure. And and uh, yeah, man, it, it's it's been one hell of a ride to see your career sure, sure. and what you've done um, racing, um, and and now that next step. And and we'll touch a little bit on. It. I'll let you go, man. We're it's it's been a while, you got to get with the family. It's been a busy busy. Busy couple months for you prepping for the race. Yeah. But yeah, no one thing I, I like to ask is taking all this knowledge and, and, and being a part of Dunge and, you know, and your racing mm-hmm. and coming up just a short on championships and then now being able to develop a rider like Max Volan with the team. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're, you just have so much of an arsenal and knowledge to, to share with him? Is that something that you're really looking forward
1: to for 21? Mm, yeah, I mean with with max we've actually i would say been pretty laid back um we kind of let him we're kind of letting him still kind of do what he likes to do in a way like we don't want to just completely change his program like he's been a successful amateur kid so like there's obviously some some things that we've had him change and, and whatnot but um, I've went to the track a few times with him. I've actually ridden with him a few times. I like tried pushing him, try helping him, you know, that kind of stuff. and, and he's a good kid. Um, obviously, he has a very successful dad also. So yep. he, his dad is with him all is with him basically every day at the track with him. So um, for me, just, um, I, I feel talent has really good advice for him also. And just for respect, I, I don't know, I just look at it as a, I guess, father-son thing, like I am with my son, and out of respect for talent, I'm going to, like, we're just letting them do their thing, like it's worked. So until it's proven that it doesn't work, then we just, you you do your thing, basically.
0: Very cool, man. That's that's some wise words, my man. And, and you just touched on something with uh, your son, Crewman. Yep. What a talented little man he is. Um, with everything with everything he does, he is he has got a lot of energy and he's extremely talented at yeah. literally
1: a lot of energy is an understatement.
0: <laughs> but he is a great kid, right? My our boys are the same age and um, they play baseball separate teams and and they do things. Yeah. And, and Crew and Mason could not be two different boys, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, they they find a common ground and just being. I think great kids right They're They're great kids. Um, and you know, uh, one of the coolest things I've ever got to see was, uh, we were to do, I think, and it, not to be a softie, but man, it almost brought a tear to my eyes when we got to do a photo shoot with, with Cozo over a hundred percent with our boys. And
1: yeah, that was super fun.
0: And, and me and you, and you know, I'm, I'm on a Yamaha and you're on a KTM and Mason's on, a, and we're at like our little minis and, Having some fun yeah. and sharing those moments, or something that um, I'll, I'll I'll cherish for a long time. No, so.
1: for sure. There, I remember when we were riding in the field behind your house on the PWS, <laughs> and remember we we're trying. <laughs> I think both of us ended up riding PWS, trying to match crew's lap yeah, time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think didn't crew man like barge in and take out Mason like pow! like i Yeah, he,
1: he probably did.
0: But um, that's the difference in like the kids, right? Like crew just. He wants to be his best every lap, right? Like, like yes. he has this this thing in him, and and I think when our boys were that young, um, as a dad, you just I, I, you want your kid to just be his best. I I don't, I don't know, like. On the PWs and I, Mason's riding, and then crewman comes over and I'm like, fuck, Mason sucks, right? Like, like in that first, you know, in that first moment, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, wow, yeah. and it takes a little bit of time to understand for as a sure. parent, like, m- my son is different than h- your son, and yeah. your son's different than my son, right?
1: No, for sure. I but, mean, you've been, you're at the track enough with, the, like, with <laughs> little or like whatever Yep. Yeah. and dude i get so like i'm total opposite like i don't know dude i don't know if you should jump that like it's pretty big i think i got it i'm like okay just be <laughs> safe please and yes. then there's like the other parent that's like yelling at their kid just hold it wide open i'm like oh my gosh dude you're gonna kill the poor kid
0: yep and and i'm i think i'm like more i'm, I'm so hands-off now as far as like I, he mason's raced same as crew like probably four times right Mason loves yeah. to ride. Mason, you know, um, he loves to ride, Perfect. but he doesn't ask to race, right? Yeah. Where crewman's are, he's a compete competitive little a hole. Yeah. Right. Like. Yes. He likes to win. He's, he 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 yeah. hates losing. And Mason just lo- has the joy of riding, right? And yeah. And and part of me as a I'm a, as you know I'm a very competitive guy. <laughs> like yeah. I liked I I wasn't my stats in racing motocross don't show my competitive nature maybe, but you know, I, I hate to lose. Right. And having your kid that just doesn't care to really want to compete was took me probably a year of him not wanting to just be the best at something, but yeah, watching, learning from you and watching my son and Mason's nine and, you know, Cruz nine now as well. Probably. Is he still eight? He's eight. Yep. Yeah. Nine. 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 Yeah. Mason turns 10 soon. And, I don't know, man. Um, I, I feel like, we, I think, I mean, not to pat us on the back, but I think we're doing a good job, dude. And I look at guys like, Whoa. yeah,
1: no, like just to, I don't really care. Like if he goes fast or not, like I just enjoy going to the track with him and watching him smile and have a good time. And I mean, whatever it is, going to the pump track or whatever, it's just, I don't know. It's just fun to interact and, and, do that kind of stuff with your, with your kids, you know? Yep.
0: At the Caselli Foundation, <clears throat> when I saw you and Shorty riding around with the crew, that was a yeah. really, that had to be pretty special, you know, for Andrew and you and to ride around the crew man. And, and I, it's just neat to see all these guys our age, like, you know, finding their way with their kids. And like, I look at Nick way and, and Nicole and how they raise their kids. And I look at, the, mm-hmm. the, and, and they do such a good job. And I think there's a good crew of people around our area that, you know, lead, by example and um do you think if crewman really you know I, I know he's such an athlete with pop warner and when that stuff starts going back on well do you think if he really starts pushing to moto will you support it to to follow his passion or his his goals yeah or-
1: for sure yeah for sure i mean i don't i don't whatever it is if it's if it's motocross or and he's pretty in the golf too like he plays golf a decent amount um if it's just golfing if it's just going to call i don't i mean for me i'm gonna support him whatever whatever he wants to be and as long as he gives it everything he has
0: well we know he does that we know he does that um kind of kind of as we kind of sign off here what's some advice you can give to some dads um as you've gone through it um and now raising a son and I guess not as a father figure, but what would you give like a few pieces of advice you could give to some parents that are going through this want to really chase this amateur dream? Um,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, I think obviously the key from the, the one thing that I always like even tell Hannah, like, is I want, I want crew to be a kid. He's a kid. Like you're only a kid once you have the rest of your life to be serious. Like, obviously you still need like, if, if that's what he wants to do, he needs to put in the work and, and work hard at it and pay attention and listen and everything. But then on the other side, you still need to let him be a kid and, and go do fun things and let him whatever have play days where they're hanging out with their buddies or wh- whatever it is, you know. Um, For me, whenever I felt like whenever I was having fun was when I was doing good. And, so,
0: yeah, you, I mean, basically, let them steer the ship, stay focused and always have fun. I mean
1: yeah I mean if you're my honest opinion like if you if you put too much pressure on them and and they ended up say you want them to jump something and you're yelling at them because some kids jumping and he jumps it ends up crash getting hurt all you did was take 20 steps backwards instead of just maybe okay we'll, we'll get to it next time buddy and just building to it you know yep. like enjoy the moment take your time that it, it's not going to i mean they're kids it's not going to have like it's not going to happen it's not like it's they're due to be supercross champion next month
0: yep and the final thing my man you've had a lot a lot of ups and downs and highs and yeah. lows and successes and or wins and losses to the 22 year old supercross racer that's out there that's f- sitting in his house right now, and he's missing the first round of Supercross because he has a broken scaphoid. What's your advice to him?
1: I mean, don't dwell on it. Just do what you need to do to make it good and be healthy. And like I said, one thing I've always learned, looking back now, everything that ever happened to me happened for a reason. There was always a positive to it. As long as as long as you don't quit and you work hard and have a positive attitude, things will work out. Well, you heard it, folks.
0: Uh, we call him Lil Mo with our crew. And um, he, he's definitely a bad dude on a motorcycle, one of the most professional guys I've ever been able to work with. And I'll definitely miss his face as I start my next adventure in Australia. Um, yeah. But, uh, man, thank you very much. Man, I'm getting emotional. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been good. Um, we'll get together before I leave, if, if that's possible. Um, and sure. uh, have the kids take each other out or something um but uh <laughs> tell the family to, i said hi and good luck to the team this, this is coming up man i i i know you guys are always um in the hunt and i can't wait to see the the, the red bull ktms out on the track
1: yeah well thanks mike appreciate all
0: right. it all right mate. i'll talk to you later
1: all right Bye.